Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, yeah. Better than this. I don't know what I'm doing. I can't do this shit. What's better than this? Guys, we and dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network. We are your hosts here on this Friday edition of the show. Kyle, what's it like to not have internet for 36 straight hours? Let me tell you what. Verizon is on my list. Bad place to be. No, you do not want to be on the list because I'm a very petty person. Anybody who's (laughs) listening to this show for any extended period of time, knows that about me. So you know, when I get an axe to grind, I'm not going to let it go. So I'm going to find a bunch of excuses to just tweet at Verizon and let them know my displeasure, in addition to calling them when my bill comes this month and letting them know I'm not going to be paying the full thing. Oh, geez. That sounds sounds exciting. Uh, I'm excited for Jim Harbaugh to be on your list again after he fails you. Stop it. Saturday. Stop it. <laughs> Eight and a half's a big number. It is. I'm, I like I said. I I went with it just so that you can have that component of you're, relying on Harbaugh. Yeah, you're playing on the my emotions and the rivalry between us. Got him. Go Lions. Go Lions. Oh, I thought you meant Detroit. Since we're talking NFL today. No. Uh, so yeah, how about that Broncos offensive line? How about Patrick Mahomes being hurt? Nine sacks for the Chiefs defense. What's going on here? Is there a more dumb, uh, no pun intended, I swear to God, (laughs) knee-jerk reaction than Mahomes going down on a QB sneak, and now all of a sudden QB sneaks are like the devil? (laughs) And you're not allowed to run QB sneak with Patrick. How many QB sneaks do we see on a weekly basis, Joe? It's got to be every game, right? Every game, there's at least one. And this is the first time I can ever remember a quarterback getting hurt on a QB sneak. And there are legitimately people pounding the table. Can't believe the Chiefs ran a QB sneak with the NFL MVP. (laughs) Tom Brady's like, has run like hundreds of them. He's undefeated in QB sneaks. Yeah, he's the GOAT. What? Yeah, I can't get behind that at it's all. It's such um, a lame. Oh, man. Go ahead. Well, we got the news. The news just came through about uh, the MRI results came back, and there doesn't seem to be any ligament damage. And so um, it's going to be a few weeks, kind of like the Stafford thing a few years ago with the dislocated kneecap, and he'll be back. Um, you know, I'm not a doctor or whatnot, but I have to think that Kansas City's not in any rush to uh, jeopardize any long-term concerns over Patrick Mahomes knees and that he can safely come back in a month or so. Well, here's, here's the good news. Let's look at the chiefs as a team, right? The chiefs just had a Thursday night game. So they're going to have 10 days. Their next three games, they go Packers at home. will probably be an L right. Vikings at home. Geez, the Chiefs play a ton of football games. They have four or five here between weeks five and nine at home. But they're both of their next two games are at home, 10 and 17 days from now. 
And then they go on the road and play the Titans. Meh. And then they play the Chargers, who are arguably the only team in the NFL who, from an injury perspective, is worse off than the Chiefs right now. Right. And then they go on the bye. If they can go 2-2, two and two, Packers, Vikings, Titans, and Chargers, if you go 2-2 two and two and then come back off the bye, that gives you 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, six and a half weeks for Mahomes to recover. And then come back, they play Raiders, Patriots, Broncos, Bears, Chargers again the last five. Yeah, I think that's got to be the goal. You get them in there for that Raiders game and uh, try to try to manage your way. It'd be interesting. Like, Could you imagine the Chiefs losing four in a row at home? No, I cannot. But it, they're already two in, and they have Packers. Packers Vikings. and Vikings are next, too. <laughs> that would be something. Um, yeah, I mean, the, 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 like you said, though, I mean, Chris Jones is banged up. Offensive line injuries. Um, they missed Tyreek Hill for a substantial yeah. portion of the season already. Yeah, they're banged up. Really good for my bet, man. The Chief, Chargers and Chiefs just really two staying most, healthy. Two most injured teams in football you yeah, bet on them great. before the season started. It's great. What do I, I think I have – how many wins do the Chargers have? they have two? The Chargers, the Chargers are two and two and four. four. So I have seven wins and you have you have six. But you've also played an extra game already. Listen. And they play each, and they play each other this week. I'm in the hunt. Yeah, so does yours. Your guy so, you're, yeah. So we're gonna be tied. Unless they unless the Eagles and Cowboys tie, God help us if that's the case. Mm. We'll be tied. How about this Broncos offensive line? I mean, I know that Joe Flacco doesn't move in the pocket and he takes, you know, 11 step drops and those types of things. But you sacked, <laughs> I mean, the Broncos gave up nine sacks yesterday. Garrett Bowles does not understand what holding is. He refuses to change his game. Uh, obviously, you don't have Juwan James at right tackle. Elijah Wilkerson's playing bad. Uh, Mike Munchak is not piecing together this offensive line very effectively. But I think that obviously, you know, injuries as well as Flacco's played into that. But you know, Denver, like they've invested a lot in this offensive line between a first round pick and Bowles, signing Juwan James, drafting Dalton Risner, who's been good, uh, high. Like this is this has got to be discouraging the way that this unit's playing. Do you feel it? I, I don't do know f- that I do. No, you don't feel the uh, the temperature slowly starting to turn up on John Elway. Finally. We've been talking about this for three years, though. And I think I think we've reached the point where we're far enough away from getting Peyton Manning to sign and win a Super Bowl with your team, <laughs> and enough other experiments and uh, enough other. John Elway said in March that he thought Joe Flacco was still in his prime. Yeah. John Elway said when they acquired Joe Flacco, he accomplished like the three big boxes that Elway wanted to check in a quarterback, which were. He lines up under center, he's got a big arm, and he wins football games. That's the guy that's running your franchise right now. For all of the great picks that the Broncos have made, Bradley Chubb was a great pick, right? You look up and down this roster, some of the selections that John Elway has made and that the Broncos front office at other positions on this team, they've been very good decisions. He doesn't know what to look for in a quarterback. And just look at how Vic Fangio treats the quarterback they just drafted in the second round. (laughs) They have no idea what they're doing at quarterback, and it's going to kill this team. 
So firing John Elway, I'm sure that'll be an easy thing to get to uh, for Broncos ownership. But it's the best thing for him. I don't know because they're two and five now, right? Uh, they are. Yeah. We were nice to the Broncos. Well, we thought they'd be an average team that can play defense, right? Like average, probably seven and nine. I'm sure six and ten. Well, we picked them to go six and ten. I have our preseason predictions up in front of me right now. They, they might go six and ten. Well, they're we had them at two and five after week seven. Yeah. Uh, Colts, Browns bye week. Vikings, Bills, Chargers, Texans, Chiefs, Lions, Raiders. They might get. They could win more. three or four of those games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they'll be five and eleven, six and ten, right around where we had them. Yeah. Um, this is actually kind of fun to look at, Joe. Only tell me good things. What What team do you think we were the worst worst prediction on so far? Um, probably Pittsburgh or Cleveland. Uh, we had Pittsburgh at 10 and 6, really didn't foresee Ben Roethlisberger going out for the year. Yeah. We had the Browns at 10 and 6. They're 2 and 4, but their back end of their schedule is very soft. We had the Falcons going 12 and 4. Yeah, I'm sorry. Listen. We also had the 49ers at 5 and 11. So, did you, did you need to remind everyone, Kyle? <laughs> I'm being completely transparent. I had, we had one guy tweet at us, right? Last yeah. week. Yeah. And he can, he said, you're going to get dunked on all season long. Brother, dunk away, because I muted your ass the moment you came in my mentions. So f- as far as I'm concerned, you don't exist. It's dog abbeys, Kyle. People we were, <laughs> it's true. We were wrong in the 49ers to this point in the season. The, defensively, they're playing spectacular football. Yeah. Their ability to run the football is amazing. The, and they're, the, do the 49ers have the deepest backfield in NFL? Running back? Yeah. Yeah. Between but Coleman thing, like, no, and Breida. Breida's a monster. I was about to say something about Jimmy G, but it's not worth it. Uh, well, you're not wrong, because I don't think Jimmy G has inspired a lot of confidence. Like, they're winning with Jimmy G, right? He's not a big enough reason why they're winning games. Right. I mean, he's he's not he does not strike me as an asset. Right. He's kind of just there, and that's fine. But when you get a chance to play, let's see, who's the most imposing defense on their schedule? Jesus, this team's going to win 12 games, Joe. Well, they, they have four. They got Redskins this week. Mm-hmm. Then they have the Panthers coming off the bye. Panthers have a good pass rush, but not an overly scary secondary, right? Fair, fair statement? Correct. Yeah. Then they play the Cardinals. <laughs> <laughs> We got Seahawks week 10, but it's in San Francisco. And then we play the Cardinals again. You have to go all the way to week 12 to find like a really engaging matchup for the 49ers, uh, which is the Packers coming off a bye. And guess what? That's also in San Francisco. Oh. I'm just really interested in seeing what happens when they have to, Jimmy G has to lead a drive. What happens? I think that might be, we might not get that until either week 14 when they go to New Orleans and play the Saints, or we might not get that game till the playoffs. Yeah. I think the Seahawks, we got a, a pretty decent chance at some good games between them and the Seahawks. 
And I mean, look, let's. This is a good segue into the Rams discussion. They're sitting at three and three, three games out of first place. Yeah, uh, I mean, they're 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 scratching and craw- clawing right now after a very bad performance last week. Obviously, the big Jalen Ramsey deal, trading two first round picks and a fourth, and sending away Marcus Peters, bringing back Kenny Young. I mean, well, a lot of activity here for this this Rams team, and it's a pretty strong indicator that they're feeling the pressure to. Uh, to cover up some ground here and they needed some talent and uh, some interesting roster construction that's going on overall with the Rams. I would love to know if LA called Washington and offered that same package for Trent Williams, if Washington would have done it. I would hope so, Kyle. I would hope so too, but let's not forget we're talking about Washington who is being like, we said at the beginning of the show, I'm a petty person. The way Washington's handling this Trent Williams thing is beyond petty. The fact that they're saying, okay, go ahead, sit at home, Trent. That's fine. We'll pay you to rot and not play when you're on the edge of your physical prime before you start your decline. Trent's 31 years old. Refuses to play for Washington, not because of anything from an X's and O's perspective. He doesn't trust the the medical staff. Yeah, and there's plenty of examples of why he should not trust the medical staff. And Washington's just gets so from the Rams' perspective. I saw it was an interesting stat. The Rams, I think, are inside the top five in the NFL in defensive reps that our zone coverage and Jalen, one of the problems that he apparently had in Jacksonville was they played too much zone coverage this year. And now he's going to a team that plays more zone coverage <laughs> and playing in arguably the only division in football that has zero alpha receivers on any of the teams. Yeah. I think it's just interesting overall, Kyle. I mean, the Rams have traded a lot of first-round picks for players, right? Whether it's now Jalen Ramsey, Brandon Cooks, uh, Jared Goff, they needed to trade first-round picks to go get them. And it's really depleted them of having premium assets in the draft. And this is a roster that's committing a lot of its cap space to a few number of players. And what that really relies on is you to be able to continue to replenish your roster with premium talent. Well, the, the challenging thing is that the players that they're committing money to and are commanding so much of this cap space are players that they had to give up assets for. They give up those opportunities to balance out the roster for. And so I get nervous when I think about how they're going to have to patchwork some things together. That You, you kind of see that right now with the offensive line where they had to let a couple guys walk and they were relying on some younger guys to step in and it's not going well on the offensive line. And well, guess what? They also don't have a lot of draft capital coming up to replace that. And so there's so much stress on less need to be able to hit on draft picks to be able to balance out the roster. And I get it. This is a star studded roster between Brandon Cooks and Jared Goff and Todd Gurley and Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and all those, all these really exciting players that they have, but you, I mean, you're going to really be relying on mid-round picks, late-round picks to fill important roles for your team all the time. And look at the future, Kyle. They got Jalen, but they lost, you know, two ones and in, in, in mid-round pick and number and fourth-round pick. So, I mean, this is going to be fascinating to see how this plays out, especially when you see what's happening with the 49ers in their rise 
Uh, you look at, I mean, Arizona, there's some interest in what's going on there in terms of them building something interesting. And of course, Seattle, which has Russ Wilson and, you know, they've had similar issues as well, but, you know, they're finding a ways to overcome a lot, those things a lot better right now in Seattle. So I don't know, maybe, maybe there's something to be nervous about here with the future of the Rams. Well, I think my big conflict is you think about the premier positions in football, quarterback. The Rams have identified a quarterback. Great. What do they have going on on offensive tackle right now? Yeah. 30, 38, 39-year-old Andrew Whitworth and Rob Haddenstein, right? What do they have going on at quarterback? They got cornerback. They got Jalen Ramsey. Great. You're set there. What about outside defensive end, outside pass rush? Weak. Dante Fowler? Yeah, they're not going to be able to keep him. Right. Uh, I mean, he's he's on a one year, twelve million dollar deal. He's walking right. because that money's right. going to go pay Jalen Ramsey. Right. So I guess they're they're really banking and, and putting the expectation on. Okay, we have our centerpiece on the defensive line in Aaron Donald. Boom, we're done. We're good there on the defense. We're good in pass rush. We got Aaron Donald. I don't know how you stack this up because again, this is a team. That for the time being, at least the next several years, we're expecting to win 10 games a year, right? Oh, oh, absolutely. They're supposed to contend for Super Bowls. Yes. So now you're not going to be picking until 55. Right. And this will be, this is five straight years without a first round pick, Joe. Unless they manufacture one somewhere along the way. Five straight years without a Super Bowl. Or five straight years without a first round pick. There's only been three other teams in the history of the NFL, according to LES Sports, that have gone at least five straight years without picking in the first round. You ready for them? Yeah. Washington Redskins from 1970 to 1979. Ten straight years without a first round pick. Whoa. Eye-opening number, right? Yeah, that's crazy. Throughout that period of time, from 1970 to 1979, Washington went six and eight, nine four and one, eleven and three, ten and four, ten and four, eight and six, ten and four, nine and five, eight and eight, ten and six. Respectably uh, competitive team. Mm-hmm. The Washington Redskins are again on the list from 1984 to 1990. So. 1984, 11 and 5, 10 and 6, 12 and 4, 11 and 4, 7 and 9, 10 and 6, 10 and 6. The following year, they went 14 and 2, won the Super Bowl. And then here's the cliff. You ready? 9 and 7, 4 and 12, 3 and 13, 6 and 10. Mm-hmm. It's inevitable where if you go that long and you're not able to stock with talent, Inevitably, it will catch up with you at some point. The only other team in NFL history to go at least five straight years without picking in the first round. Washington went 10, and then they went seven in a span of two decades. They had, Let's get this right. Between 1970 and 1990, there were 17 years the Redskins didn't pick in the first round. That's just, that's just nuts. <laughs> that's just nuts to me. The 1974 to 1978 Philadelphia Eagles. Five straight years without a first round pick. They went seven and seven, four and ten, four and ten, five and 
nine, nine and seven. Yikes. But here's the ironic part. They hired Dick Vermeil in the middle of that stretch. And by 79 and 80, they went 11 and five and 12 and four and played in the Super Bowl. Yeah, very nice. So there's no shortage of ways that you can get it done. But this is pretty unprecedented, the, the territory that the Rams have entered now. And they've put themselves on the clock. Which is really scary because from a financials perspective, they're committed to their guys. So now you're going to have to get really creative with the ways that you bring in plus pieces to work around those guys. Or you're going to have to wish and hope and assume that you pick the right guys to build around. Well, and, and I don't have a problem with the players that they've chosen to pay money to. Right. They're great players. It's just that they're not, they don't have those same opportunities in the draft to replenish and build the talent on the roster elsewhere. And I think, you know, I mean, football is the ultimate team sport. It's great to have star players, but you have players, I mean, just that are, that have to fill meaningful roles. And you dress 46 of them on Sundays. And, you know, I'm sure the, the Rams' top seven, eight, 10 players probably as good as the league, rest of the league, but. You know, players 10 through 53 might really jump off a cliff there. And if you look at the Rams payroll, there's some sil- there are some silver linings here that I think we should acknowledge. Uh, they have three players right now on their payroll for 2019 that take up at least 8% of their cap. Aaron Donald, $17 million. Money well spent, right? Yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah. Andrew Whitworth is the second highest cap hit on the team with over $16.5 million. Whitworth ain't coming back. If he comes back next year, he ain't coming back the year after that. He's 37. All right, so there's some relief. He's a, uh expiring contract this year. Odds are he's coming off the books. You're going to get $16.5 million. Great. Oh, real quick, P.S., they need a left tackle. Correct. Yes. <laughs> and you're not going to be positioned and you're not gonna be position to draft one. Right, right. Yeah. And you have no assets to trade and acquire one elsewhere. Right. right. Uh Brand, Brandon Cooks, fifteen point two million, eight percent of the cap. Good player. Yeah. Dante Fowler is next. Twelve million dollars this year. Expiring contract. He'll be gone. Yeah. So you've earned yourself twenty eight and a half million dollars between two of your top four guys coming off the books. Now you still need a pass rusher, a left tackle, and you got to pay Jalen Ramsey. Correct. <laughs> it's not easy. Right. And a lot of their plus asset, like Eric Weddle at free safety. Clay Matthews is one of their premier pass rushers right now. He's hurt. It's I, I this is gonna be a tough turnaround. Or a, a tough this is gonna be a tough way to continue to operate. And they've boxed themselves in for another two years now. Well, and as much as we like golf, he ain't Rogers or Breeze or Wilson or Brady. You know, he's not. Right. What else, Kyle? What else, man? Well, let's look at this slate of games a little bit. Do you have any bold predictions for this weekend? Bold predictions. I've got one. Then let's hear it. The Bengals get in the win column. Oh, that's not crazy. I like that. Playing the Jaguars this week at home in Cincinnati. I bet you would hope that happens, sir. No, I think it does. 
This I don't think it's been, crazy. No. They've been yeah. close. Yeah, they've been close. They're competitive. Uh, they can pass the ball at times this year very well. Jalen Ramsey's no longer on this football team. You guys know I don't have a ton of respect for the Jaguars' offense, and yeah, no, it's it's not crazy. I like okay, it. Great, I like it. Um, how about I mean Sunday night football is huge, right? Eagles, Cowboys, Twitter's. I don't think Twitter's going to survive that game. No, some some fan base is going to light the dumpster on fire. <sighs> Because somebody's going to be three and four after this game. Right. Right. And um, Cowboys started three, and know, they did. They did. I mean, I think in a lot of ways, people, you know, we've had a lot of questions about some of the better teams record wise in the NFL and people having questions about feasting on a, a soft schedule early. And I think that's exactly what the Cowboys did. They beat the Giants, Redskins and Dolphins. Oh, well, now things stiffen up a little bit. Saints, Packers, and uh, Sam Darnold Jets team, and all of a sudden they lose those three. Like, you know, it's different than some of the other criticisms that, you know, maybe the Bills have faced or um, even San Francisco, other teams that have had good starts. So this is a, this is a big one, right? You don't want to get to three and four. And well, you know what's really fascinating about this? I'm sorry to cut you off. Yeah, go ahead. If there was ever – a must-win game in Week 7. Have you looked at these schedules from here on out? They stiffen up, right? The Eagles play in Dallas, and then they go to Buffalo. Then they play the Bears, and then they have the bye, and then they play the Patriots, and then they play the Seahawks. Yeah, it's big. That's a huge – That's a. this is a monster five-game stretch for a 3-3 three and three Eagles team that really could not have afforded to come out and lay the egg against the Vikings that they did. They can't. They can't stop any. Their secondary sucks, and Jim Jim Schwartz refused to give those corners any help. They're playing man coverage, and it's just a disaster right now. Offensively, they're fine, but they can't stop anyone through the air. But this has been the thing for the Eagles for three years now. This is this is the risk you run when you're as as aggressive as Jim Schwartz likes to be on defense. Yeah, you're going to leave guys out on an island. I loved him in Buffalo, but he had because they had Stephon corners Gilmore. that can cover. Yeah, right, right. It wasn't <laughs> right. He had the guys to do it, and when he has the guys to do it, oh man, the pass rush is beautiful. But right, I mean, you have to be able to adjust. And I know that Philly's like invested. They have a lot of young corners. They just none of them are good, and they've got kind of been stuck with this this pool of corners that you know even. Darby's had his moment. Darby's had his moments, but he's been injured. And then when he's on the field, those same issues we saw at Florida State, where he can't find the football in the air, it shows up. And and I don't know, man. It's Schwartz has got to be able to adjust. I mean, Rasul Douglas doesn't have the juice to carry guys one v one down the field. You know, if you can, he's his own corner. Everybody knew that when you watch his tape. Yep. I don't know, man. It's that's disappointing that he can't adjust you, to his personnel. And you want to ask him to play off coverage and try and break on stuff in front of his face. It's just not what he was good at. No. Missed um, completely. From Dallas' perspective, Dallas has this game, then they go on the bye. Uh, three of their next four games coming out of the bye are on the road. They go to New York to play the Giants on Monday night. They host the Minnesota Vikings. They go to Detroit to play the Lions. And then they go to New England to play the Patriots. And then they're at home on a short week against the Bills. I mean, they, nothing's cake for them the rest of the way. No. Nothing. Their easiest well, game's on the road at, at the Giants. 
That's not true. Week 17, they got Washington at home. Yeah, I was dismissing that that point. <laughs> so, I mean, we, we've joked about this bet that we have for wins. <laughs> I like where your mind's at. Yes. The NFC East winner will be lucky to have 10 wins with yeah. the way it's shaping up. Giants got to be feeling good. <laughs> no, <laughs> they, get... they don't. They don't. <laughs> they get Saquon back and Evan Ingram back this week, though. I know Huge. I'm happy to see that. They got the Daniel Jones, Kyler Murray game at one o'clock. Is that the most interesting one o'clock game? No, Bills Dolphins is the most interesting. Oh, come on. Raiders Packers. Come on. One o'clock. The, see, that actually is an interesting game. <laughs> right. If Raiders win that game, we got to start like uh, going, oh, hey, we got in Lambo too. <laughs> yeah. We got to tie the Raiders in with the uh, 49ers <laughs> and Falcons for big misses in our preseason prediction right. at this point. <laughs> Right, I don't. I don't know that. I I have no idea what to think. I think they have so many holes on defense. I don't. I don't love their offense. I don't know love a whole lot about the Raiders team. But somehow they're three and two. If they get to four and two, we gotta we gotta perk up a little bit. Well, and here, brother, the rest of this schedule, they got the Packers and then the Texans. We'll find out real quick if the Raiders are for real. Right, right? they could be three and four before we you know. But here. but then they're home against the Lions. Who are a good football team, but I don't right. think they scare anybody, right? No, you're not. You're not sitting here thinking about, man. I hope I don't run into the Lions in the NFC playoffs. Then they play the Chargers at home on a short week on Thursday night. Yeah, winnable game. Yes. Yep. Yep. Then they play the Bengals the following week with ten days of preparation. Winnable game. Then they have the Jets. We potentially have the comeback for Patrick Mahomes week 13. They play the Titans at home, the Jaguars at home, and then finish with the Chargers and Broncos. Hmm. This team could win eight, nine, ten games. Which gets you in the conversation potentially in the AFC playoffs. Right, yeah. For that fifth or sixth seed. You're looking at the sixth seed with that. Buffalo's going to run away with the five seed. Let's be honest. I can't. Brother, <laughs> it's a weird position for you to be in, isn't it? Because you feel I, it, you feel it, but you don't want to like put yourself, set yourself up for disappointment. Well, I've already, I've already spent a lot of time thinking about the Bills having the second best record in the AFC and having the fifth seed. I don't think that's crazy. So, how many games do you think they win? I, for I that, did for a, that to materialize. How many games would they need to win? 12. You think the Bills are going to win 12 games this year? No, I don't. I'm not predicting that at all. But I think – I did, uh, Let me let me get – here's – get the bias out of it. We did – I did a game prediction show on Locked On Bills with Matt Williamson, former NFL scout host of Locked On NFL. Unbiased opinion. He had the Bills at 11-5 and five. the rest of the way, and that included a loss to the Steelers. So losses are Steelers – Patriots again, Cowboys on Thanksgiving, and Eagles, and Eagles. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's not crazy. I guess the more generous wins he had: the Bills beating the Browns, the Bills beating uh, Baltimore. Well, at least Baltimore were... games at, in in Buffalo. Yeah, it's a, it's in Buffalo, and the other thing is it's the Bills will have extra rest because they play Thanksgiving uh, afternoon. Yeah. That's going to be helpful for them at the Ravens game. 
But yeah, I can't. I can't. I'm nervous about beating the Dolphins on Sunday, brother. You think I'm thinking about Fitzy? I know I shouldn't be, but <laughs> I just Fitzy, said you should be. You did. You <laughs> see Fitz's last two games against the Bills, man. He beat them both times. Scored 30 points. Didn't throw an interception in either game. You know that ain't gonna happen. <laughs> uh, I'll be honest. Do you think I've watched any Miami Dolphins football this year? I watched one play. It was them not getting a two point conversion. One play. Can't, can't wait for Kenyon Drake to be traded. By the way, well, go ahead and go ahead and bench him for this week. Make sure you don't ruin him. And then, if you're wanting Buffalo to win, you should hope that Drake plays. No, I want Bellage to get all the carries. You see this guy? He's <laughs> yeah, bad. I've seen him. Yeah. It's yeah. like 22 carries for 30 yards or something on the year. He's a uh, receiving back that forgot how to catch. So it's a, <laughs> it's a problematic combination. Mark Walton's been decently productive. Is he hurt? What's his deal? No, Walton got had his best game last week. Oh, gosh. Walton had 75 yards on 11 touches. Well, for I mean, for Rashad Jones, Xavier Howard, Daniel Kilgore don't play. I mean, God bless it. Those are like – you have like five reasonable NFL players on the team, and that's three of them. No, Daniel Kilgore is not a reasonable NFL player anymore. Well, all right. Well, straight washed. <laughs> it's not good. Oh, what's your perspective on the game, Kyle? What are you just, are you just trying to just get through them, or what's the drink? <laughs> How is that different than any other Sunday afternoon for you? Uh, just laugh. That's really. It's just do, don't take it seriously. You can't. And you got to cover the game too, right? Because you, you do the yeah, Dolphins for USA play. Today. Yeah. <laughs> So it's like, of course, this is the one year. Like in years past, I just turned the game off, right? I'd go do something else and watch right. college players or something. Right. Not this year. Nope. No, I got to sit here and watch every snap of every game. It's been a tough Man. adjustment. It's always a little bit. It's it's. I feel nervous about it. Like I want the Bills. I don't want to get. I don't want you to have any shit you can talk on Monday. You know. And you know, if Miami would win, I would talk shit. Oh God! I, I don't even want Miami to win the game. I'd still talk shit. Like I need, I need, I don't. Josh Allen has to play good. I don't need your shit on that. You know. Yeah, watch Buffalo win by thirty, and it's like Frank Gore just rumbles for four hundred yards and five touchdowns. I don't know. Josh throws. Josh throws fifty percent completion and throws yeah. two picks. It's all you'll hear about on Monday. Yeah, I can't. I can't. That's what I. That's my nightmare, Kyle. That's my nightmare. <laughs> Come back on Monday and find out who gets to talk shit to who. Uh, well, I won't say a thing. Now. If the Bills win, it'll be the most boring thing that ever happened on Monday. Yeah, you you need to you need a little bit more edge with me. No, why not? Because I don't want the smoke. That's smart. <laughs> I don't ever want. Some, someday, yeah. Someday, the Dolphins will be good again. Not any time in the near future, but someday it will come. And I will thoroughly enjoy it when it comes. But one thing we do know is Draft Dudes is coming back on Monday. Come back and see us. Hope you guys enjoy the weekend of football. Got a great slate of college football matchups. Some interesting NFL matchups, including Daniel Jones versus Kyler Murray. So that should be a lot of fun. Thanks, as always, for listening to Draft Dudes Podcast. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Believe. 
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.